Morning Church, it's great for you to join us here this morning at Equipus Essex. It's been such a long time since I've been able to share with you and I feel really, really blessed to be able to do so this morning. Can I just address a couple of things before we get started? Mum, really, really sorry. I know my hair's not done. I didn't get a trim. Lockdown's been a while. I don't want to see any comments from any guys in the chat box, especially those of you that are follically challenged back here. You know who you are. And it's warm. Well done, England. Finally giving me heat wave. So if I start sweating like it's TD Jakes and this comes out, please don't judge. So my title for this morning is The New Normal. And uh, Pastor Barry was saying a couple of weeks ago, lockdown has been really, really long. And I remember in March, I was one of those people that was saying, guys, look, it's not going to be that long. I was saying to my classes, there's no way they're going to close schools for a dramatic amount of time. At best, there'll be two weeks and that'll be the end of it. And yet, here we are, five months down the road. We've seen so many projects going on. I've seen enough banana bread to last a lifetime. I've seen enough DIY projects to last a lifetime. Bless you if you're one of those people. I'm not, I'm not attacking you in any way. Bless you if you're one of those people. But for me, I'm just craving normality and I'm sure I'm not the only one and as I was preparing for this preach God kind of challenged me like okay so you're craving normality what are you going to do with that normality if you had it back and I thought actually I don't know if I would do anything differently and as much as we claim to crave normality how good is normality for us and if we're being honest with us with ourselves it's not actually that great for us. It doesn't necessarily move us forward. And why? Because, you know, we weren't actually meant to be normal. First Peter 2.9 says that, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. And, yeah, we're meant to be peculiar. We're not meant to be of the confines of this world. We're meant to be different. And yet, we strive for normality again and again. We're called to be set apart. And a lot of the time we don't even realise it. You kind of just end up shifting back to the mean. You kind of end up shifting back to normal. And a really good example of this is, you know, like when we go to conferences and everyone has an amazing time and everyone feels really blessed. That first Sunday back, who's out there during praise and worship? Who's at the front? Everyone. Everyone's jumping. Everyone's dancing. It's amazing. That worship on the first Sunday back is incredible. Second Sunday. Okay. We've got the open. You know what? That's not even my song. That wasn't the song of the conference. That's not my song. I'll be there next week. I'll be at the front next week. And then the week after that comes, and then the week after that comes. And before you know it, you've kind of just shifted back to the state that you were before the conference. It even happens on a week-to-week -week basis. Imagine Barry's delivered an amazing preach. Didn't mention football once. It's incredible. Life changed. And then how are you on Monday? How are you on Tuesday? And then how are you on Saturday? And it's so frustrating for, for me as well because like, I see myself doing this on a regular basis. And I keep asking myself, why? Why do I end up just kind of shifting back? I want to be different, but I end up just shifting back to normal. So I thought I'd give you a few things, three things in particular, that you can look out for that would eventually mean that you end up shifting Back to the mean. Now, if I was a really, really good preacher, all of them will start with the same letter or it would spell out like a really cool word like grace 
but it's not, so I'm really, really apologetic. But these three things, I think, if you look out for them, will be really, really helpful. So number one is busyness. So life often kind of gets in the way of us being productive, or we often use it as an excuse to say, I'm really, really busy. But even in uh, 2 Thessalonians 3.11, there's a warning from Paul to the Thessalonians about those people who are idle but claim to be busy. It says that, and we hear that some among you are idle and disruptive. They are not busy, they're busy, busy bodies, which is incredible. Because if you actually really think about it, if you're really, really that busy, you wouldn't be an idle person. You'd actually be more productive. Number two is vision. Often you want to progress and you want to end up doing more and more, but you kind of lose the vision behind it. You kind of end up in a place of, well, why am I here? Why am I even doing this? What is even the point? Which can get really, really frustrating and lead to inactivity. And lastly, complacency. You know what? I'm actually good where I am. Life is good. I don't need to go any further beyond where I am now. I'm completely fine. And as a result, again, you end up being inactive and don't make much progression. And all of these mean that people tend to regress to the mean. And you go back to being normal. You go back to the normality of life because you're just tired and you can't be bothered. And I get that. And you end up growing weary because you can't be bothered to push any forward. And a major red flag for those type of people is those people that say, it is what it is. Now, God forgive me, my wife knows, it is what it is, is one of my top 10 phrases. Because, you know, a lot of the time, yeah, I can't do anything about it, can't be bothered, it is what it is. And you end up saying that when you're weary. I remember hearing a few days ago that um, adults say it is what it is because um, they want to say what whatever, but they don't want to sound like a teenager. I thought, that's so rude. I feel so attacked because it's so true. There might have times I'm just like, oh, whatever, I can't be bothered. I don't want to fight anymore. I can't be bothered to push in anymore. You know what? It is what it is. I'm weary. I'm tired. I can't be bothered to push anymore. But then I have to challenge myself. What does Jesus say about being weary? Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Which is such an amazing word. Now for me, the striking word there isn't weary. The striking word there isn't even rest. For me, it's come. Come here. That rest that you want, that feeling where, oh man, I'm overwhelmed. I just cannot be bothered. I want to get through this. When you want to do something about it, you need to come here. In James 4.8, the Bible says that he will draw near to those who draw near to him. And you need to ask yourself, am I actually wanting to change? Because all of this, to fight weariness is actually an active process. It's not passive. And I think sometimes in church, we get used to being able to um, just arrive and have this expectation to just be automatically fed. When really, the act of drawing close to God is not passive, but it's active. And the reason why is because God wants you to have that revelation of what it means to draw near to him. He's not teasing you. He's not there going, look, if you really want it, you say you want it, if you really want it, then you need to come here. It's not even like that. But what God is saying is, if you want to have the true revelation of what it means to live the life that I've called you, you need to have that want within inside you. You need to ask yourself, do I truly want this? 
And if you want it, you'll move towards it. The reason why you'll move towards it is so that you have that revelation of, I'm not done. I'm not finished. That there is more because he has more for me. There is more in my story because my story is not finished because he lives in me. And through that, through the act of coming to Jesus, you get that revelation, which is amazing. God's calling is not for your life to be weary, but to have life and have it in its fullest, as um, the Bible says in John 10.10. 10. You see, God wants you to live a life of ever-increasing glory. The Bible says that, uh, but we all with an unveiled face, Beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as the Spirit of the Lord. And that is in 2 Corinthians 3.18. You see, we're transformed by the Spirit of the Lord from glory to glory. But you have to let him. Let yesterday's victory end up being the baseline for you today and let that be the new normal. The thing is, it, that can be tough. But I, you know what? Yesterday, I didn't have a victory. I didn't have a victory last week. I didn't have a victory last month. So what am I supposed to do? I can't be bothered. I'm tired of fighting. And I get that. I truly, truly do. I've been through that. I've lived it through that many times, even more recently than I honestly care to admit. It's been tough. I found lockdown tough at times. And I found myself thinking, well, I can't be bothered. I don't want to push anymore. I don't want to fight. I'm just willing to accept normal. One of the greatest examples of this for me was during the Black Lives Matter protest that, that started um, to get more uprising towards the end of May. And for me, it was a really, really trying time because you know it was another police murder and all of these protests were just consistently around the world. And it was really, really painful for me. And it was painful for a lot of black people. And I felt tired and I felt hurt. And I didn't really, really know what to do. Because for me, that feeling of being hurt by society was just normal for me. I just learned to accept it. And yet suddenly everyone wanted to talk about it. And then what made it worse is that I was seeing people that I counted as my family, people that I counted as my friends, in denial of some of the facts. And I didn't know what to do. In fact, I just wanted to run away from everything. I just wanted to kind of just continue on as normal, maintain the status quo. I didn't want to shake the boat. I just wanted to keep everything the way it was. And I didn't want to speak out. I didn't want to speak to anyone, I didn't, apart from a couple of posts on Instagram, I wasn't really willing to do anything beyond that. And then I remember I even spoke to Barry and I was like, look man, I, I don't know if there's any point in even doing anything. I don't know why we should have a meeting or why we should talk about it. And I fully, like, boldly said to my chest, look, I don't know if this makes me a bad Christian, but I don't have any faith that anything will change. And I'm not proud of it, but that's what I said. You see, I was just tired. I don't want to have these meaningless conversations. I didn't want to see people get jaded over time by a message that was relevant, but people still weren't willing to listen to. It was frustrating. 
And ultimately, I didn't want to have to acknowledge what was going on in society because then that would mean admitting how far we had to go as a society. And it would mean admitting to myself how little I was willing to move. All these things that were going on that everyone was now suddenly talking about was in the media every day. I'd spent my life trying to ignore. And I got used to it. I was, I was fine with it. I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't want to meet about it. I didn't want to pray. I didn't want to take it before God. I was angry and I was hurt. And I just wanted everything to be normal. And if I'm being honest, I didn't really want to talk about it now. In terms of this preach, I didn't really want to bring it up. But if I want to preach about challenging the norms in your life, I have, I have to be honest with you guys. I, I was done. I couldn't be bothered. And I was in a spiral. But you know what? That's the beauty of being in church. That even when you feel like you've reached the end of your tether, when you, re you feel like you're done, there can be people in your life that their faith is willing to carry you. And what I saw in church was just there were multiple people that were willing to continue this fight even where I didn't have the faith to do so. And their faith was what encouraged me in those moments to keep me to keep going. I had multiple friends doing that. I had multiple people in my life, people such as my sister, Toby, Jermaine and Steph, Evelyn, and if, if I missed anyone, I'm really, really sorry, but these people reminded me that you know what in life yeah often we have to do things we have to do more things than just pray however in life we must never we must never do anything less than pray and seeing their faith in those moments and seeing people be active helped give me the faith to go actually maybe something can change and this is not about me delivering a political message but this is just you know reminding people within church that it's important to not only find that faith but to live your faith in such a way that other people can glean encouragement from it if you look in mark 2 from verse 3 it says that some men came bringing some men came to jesus bringing him a paralyzed man carried by four of them since they could not get to him since they could not get him to Jesus, sorry, because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat, lowered the, mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to, to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat and walk. But I want you to know that the son of man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. The faith of his friends took him to Jesus. Now, those of you who baked banana bread, those of you that diligently worked through your DIY projects, that finally got to those things that your partner wanted you to build from time ago, this is your time. I want to see you in the chat box. And I just want you to type one simple phrase. I'll lower you through the roof. 
there are loads of people in church, I don't doubt it, that feel in, the, in this moment that they can't be bothered to fight, or they don't know who to turn to. And they're looking to people like you that have the faith to keep pushing through, through a really, really long lockdown, through a global pandemic. We need people like you to lower them through the roof. So, if you're willing, just write in the chat box now, I'll lower you through the roof. So that people who are watching this right now, or it would be on their phone or in their living room, people who are watching this right now can see that you are willing to have that conversation with them to lead them to Jesus. So that people who watch this during the week, who stumble across this message, who are having a really, really difficult time, can see multiple people within this church saying, I'll lower you through the roof. That can message you and you can help lead them to Jesus. What I really, really like is that at the end, Jesus doesn't lay hands on him or pick him, pick him up. What Jesus says is, I tell you in verse 11, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. Now, as a head of year in a secondary school, one of the things that I find myself regularly saying is, I'm fantastic at my job. I'm so amazing. Some might even say spectacular. But one thing I haven't actually mastered yet is the ability to read minds. If you don't tell me how you need help, then I won't know. Yes, there are loads of people, and I'm sure you can see them right now in the chat box, saying that I'll lower you through the roof and lead you to Jesus. But if we don't make that active move, make that move towards Jesus, nothing is going to change. You need to move. What you need to understand is that God is calling you out of mediocrity and to live your best life. And he wants to call you from glory to glory. And that call is continuously going. It's never, ever stopped. He's not waiting for you to get your stuff together to make sure that you can come to him. And what I actually really love about um, the story about the men leading him um, through the roof is that every instance that that, Bible, that that story is told throughout the Bible is followed by the call of Matthew, also known as Levi. And there, <laughs> at the very end, Jesus makes... The statement that look, I've not come here um, for the righteous, I've come for the sick. I've come for the sinners. It's not the well that needs to go to the doctor, but it's the sick. You don't need to make sure that you have all your stuff together before you go to Jesus and try and find your glory to glory. But your glory to glory will not happen if, unless you make that move towards Jesus. So take a minute. You're at home, maybe you're traveling, maybe you're just listening to this message. And just take a minute and close your eyes. Take a minute to consider that call. Jesus is calling you from glory to glory. He's never stopped and never will. So what are you going to do to answer that call? In this moment now, I just want you to take a minute and just position your spirit closer to Jesus. How is that ever-increasing glory that God has called you towards going to look tomorrow? How is it going to look a week from now? How is it going to look a month from now? This is a challenge. 
not necessarily going to be easy, but it's for your benefit. God is calling you from glory to glory. Yesterday's victory is going to be today's baseline. You're going to get another victory and another victory and another victory. And each time you have to move closer to God. It is a challenge. Jesus is challenging you to live a new normal every single day. And as a result, be transformed. One of my favourite verses in the Bible is in Psalm 34. And it says that those who look to the Lord, their faces are radiant and never covered with shame. And I truly believe that it's because when you look to God, you're reflecting his glory at all times. And regardless of what may, go, may be going on in your lifetime, if you're constantly, consistently looking to God, you'll never be covered with shame. So, are you looking to God? Are you moving towards God? Or are you standing still? I just want to take a minute for those people who just kind of feel like they were like me and just kind of giving up fighting. I get that can be really, really tough. I get, I get that you can look at everything around you and think, well, what's the point of even moving on? I can't be bothered. I'm comfortable here. I don't want to be disappointed again. I don't want to be hurt again. And I hear you. But also, not only do I hear you, but I want you to know that not just myself, but our church is here with you. So, if you're at home watching this service with your family or with another family, I just want you to raise your hand. And even if you're at home by yourself, just raise your hand. Make yourself known to Jesus. Let this be the first move that you make towards him. And if you're at home with your family and someone else in your family right now has raised their hand, I just want you right now to lay a hand on them and pray with them and remind them that you are there to let them through the roof and lead them closer to Jesus. Remind them that, not, that they're not alone. Lord, I want to say thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you that you are forever calling us towards you to go from glory to glory. Lord, and I want to pray, Lord, that the sound of life that the sound of busyness never gets so loud that we cannot hear that call. Lord, for those who feel broken, tired, hurt, and no longer able to fight and push forward and strive for a new normal, Lord, I want to pray for a renewed sense of hope within their heart right now. Lord, position the correct people around them so that they may be able to be encouraged by the word of their testimony. Lord, those people that are fighting well, Lord, and striving towards you, Lord, I pray that you give them the words that they need to be able to help those around them. Lord, that they are able to see the fruits of living a new normal daily with you, that people may be able to be attracted to your glory. And... For anyone who's watching this, who may not know Jesus at all, I just want to take a minute to pray with you. So that this is not just a, I watched a nice preach on a Sunday or midweek and my life has changed for a few hours. 
but we want this to be a consistent journey of ever increasing glory to Jesus. So Lord, those of you, those people who do not know you right now that are reaching out and calling out for you, Lord, I pray that you meet them at the point of their need, point of their need. Your word says that you will draw near to those who draw near to you, Lord, and they are positioning themselves right now to get closer to you. Lord, heal their hearts, brighten their vision, Lord, and embolden them to be able to walk the walk with you daily, that they may be renewed daily and transformed as a result. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for the gift of your son which you freely gave to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Have a great week, everyone.